three, two, one. What's happening, guys? Logan Robinson here, live from Doe Campbell Stadium. We got to hear the Spear squad on here tonight after Florida State absolutely dominates Boston College, 44 to 14, a sellout inside Doe Campbell Stadium. Trey Benson starts it off with a kick return to the crib, the first one since uh, friggin' what, all the way back in 2013 when Kermit Whitfield brought it back in Pasadena. Trey Benson takes it for six, and after that, this game is over in the first quarter. The Florida State Seminoles and Mike Norvell with a really impressive performance on Saturday night. With me this evening is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer up there in the corner, and then down below, Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief. Gentlemen, we were talking about the production meeting, VZ, but another impressive performance against a Power 5 team, even though with how Boston College is this year, that was a really nice performance to see from offense and defense. Yeah, even though Boston College is beat up, I mean, we talked about their rash of injuries across the offensive line. They still have talent in Zay Flowers. You know, Phil Jerkovic is still a talented quarterback. And, um, you know, Florida State put it on them. They really did. I, I, I said it a couple times. I was surprised to see the line at 18, especially by the time the game closed. I think it was at 18 and a half. Um, and Florida State just whooped them up and down the field all first half. And by, by halftime, it was completely over. You know, it, even the announcers were talking about it um, on ACC Network about this game's over. Boston College can't really do anything. You know, at this point, it's just about pride and putting at least some points on the board. Just not what I expected. And I'm Pleasantly surprised about Florida State football for the first time in a long time. Dustin might not have the best connection here from what I'm learning as he's trying to figure out what's going on over there. So he's putting his arms up. If I could shoot the camera over there, it would be absolutely hilarious. But uh, he doesn't have a good connection. But we'll continue and see if he can try to get back in here. Also, I've got a tractor coming on the field right next to me. So the audio is going to be a little choppy, but yeah, no, I thought, I thought also, if you go back to the Louisville game and how many guys were down and Mike Norbell talked about in the press conference after the game, if you go to see a lot of the guys that haven't had a ton of playing time this season have to come in. You had the second team guys have to make starting, join the starting lineup this uh, tonight against Boston college. I thought that was uh, something that really stood out to me because you already have a handful of guys out. It was questionable, too, if Jordan Travis was going to be able to play. And he comes in and does his thing, but you're without Jared Burst. So then you throw in Pat Payton on the other side of Derek McLendon. Just a lot of things that went into this game where they could have struggled. I, I was expecting a, a sloppy game, but, you know, it was the whole whole 180 from that. It was over in the first quarter. It really was, and not even just the second stringers, but once we got late in the game, you're putting in, like, Julian Armella in at left tackle, and he's opening those holes for Trey Benson. You know, just to see the depth this team has, we haven't really seen that from Florida State in a long, long time, that even when guys get hurt, there's guys that can step up, fill those holes. And uh, it's it's such it's such a pleasant sight to see them play as a team and not play as individuals like we saw under Taggart. And really the first year under Norvell, these guys really love playing for each other and they treat this as a business, and it's such a cool thing to see how the culture's changed the last few years. We're going to have Dustin here with us. Are you here, buddy? Can we that's hear a, you? That's a no. Yeah, we're not. We are not <laughs> hearing you. We are not hearing Dustin, so we might not have his instant reaction. It might be a whole, 
opposite of ways here. Usually it's UVD sometimes, not being able to yeah. have an instant reaction. But now it's going to probably be Dustin since I guess he's working with an iPod Touch from 2008. But, you know, going on just some of the playmakers tonight, obviously Trey Benson, whew, three touchdowns. You had the kickoff return, which absolutely started off the momentum, and that momentum did not stop after that. But three touchdowns for him. You go over two for Jordan Travis, a guy that was injured, seemed to be either knee, ankle injury. Trey Benson might have spilled the beans earlier saying Trey, uh, Jordan Travis playing tonight and getting over that, that knee injury. So it seemed to be a knee problem for JT, but for to come in like that and throw for a career high of over 300 yards is like, what? And it just goes to show, you know, Mike Norvell talked about Jordan Travis after the game, and he was asked, is JT one of the best quarterbacks in the country? And it didn't take Mike Norvell long to really think about that. He said, absolutely, Jordan Travis is one of the most impressive, one of the best in the country. And I think it just goes to show how Jordan Travis is in this offense. And when you add on playmakers at the wide receiver position, Shout out to Ron Dugans, too. I mean, these wide receivers from uh, Darian Williamson, who we haven't seen a whole ton of kind of flashes there. And then you have Portier making great grab in the end zone. And then all throughout there, Micah Pittman doing his thing. It's a really collective unit. And Ron Dugans is doing a great job in that wide receiver room connecting with Jordan Travis right now. Yeah, so far, four games, four different leading receivers in each game against Duquesne, who's Portier, uh, against LSU, is Ontario Wilson. Last week against uh, Louisville, is Johnny Wilson. And now you have Williamson, who... I will say, we, I mentioned him a few times in the offseason saying, don't forget about this guy. You know, at his size, he's got good speed. Um, and it's, we're, we're finally seeing him healthy. And they, they did a great job getting involved, especially in those quick screens, quick routes. And he just uses his size, size and speed to just burn Boston College. And, and I tweeted it soon after. Just the improvements this receiver room has taken, it's not just the transfers coming in and bringing new energy. The returning guys have really stepped up. You know, they, they've really bought into – what this team is doing, they're blocking their butts off on the outside on, on runs, and they're making great adjustments to that football. That touchdown catch by Portier was impressive, just going up over the, over the corner and making a really, really impressive catch. Um, and the offense is doing a great job scheming them open. There's so many times throughout the game where you're like, man, how is Cameron McDonald so wide open? He had that one, uh, that one corner out to, to Pokey Wilson where he got 20, 25 yards, and you're just like, how is he so open? How are they forgetting about these guys? It's really impressive to see. Launch off from what we've seen the last few years. Go ahead, D-Lou. Welcome back. It seems like the connection might be working for you, hopefully. What is uh, your first thoughts on the win of 44-14 to 14 here in Doak? How do I sound, guys? You're good. Does that sound, sound good? phenomenal. My, sound my first phenomenal. thoughts is that every time we get on here to do a pregame reaction, postgame. And it cuts out. That's perfect. And it cuts out perfectly <laughs> right there. And it cuts out. It cuts out on him right there. It can't get any funnier than that. It doesn't get any funnier. I'm going to have to start just handing you. How about I just hand you the phone? And we give you a live instant reaction here, buddy. I'm going to hand him my phone and see what happens. Here we go, dealer. Take my phone. There we go. There we go. Hello, beautiful people. It was a really good game for Florida State tonight. Set the tone right out of the gate with that kickoff return touchdown, the first one, and about eight for Florida. It was just very impressive. We talked about how we didn't know how this could play out due to the injuries that Florida State had on both sides of the ball. But then they just come out and completely dominate 
Boston College, you know, get that kickoff return to talk about a couple of plays later, get a pick, three plays after that, Florida State's in the end zone again. You're up 14 nothing after just over two minutes into the game. And I mean, that was the theme for the night for Florida State. They did just about whatever they wanted to on offense outside short and fourth and shorts in that first half. And same thing for the defense, allowed under 200 yards and just set their tone from the very first play of the game. So all in all, especially with the guys out first, maybe in love it. You know, we didn't know about Jordan until today. So it was a very impressive performance. I think it's worth mentioning too, Amarion Cooper's interception like Dustin just said. And he talked about it after. Marion's not a big talker. It's pretty obvious with that. But he said it, it felt great. It felt great. And he obviously was very excited about it. But that really hit a – not even a switch because Trey Benson started off. But on the defensive side, absolutely. It just seemed like after that they were sealing down. Of course, you know, Boston College gets that last touchdown late. Uh, so, now, overall, that was a fantastic four quarters that Adam Fuller called up. And Mike Norvell said this is one of the most beautiful games that he's called as a defensive coordinator, uh, and I agree with him. It was locked down all day long on Jerkovic. We should really just talk about the first half because that's really all that mattered in this game. You know, the score was 31-0 at half. Boston College had just 64 total yards of offense, 22 on the ground, 42 through the air. Jerkovic was, what, 6-12 with two picks at halftime? Fuller did such a great job, especially scheming for a guy that, you know, he doesn't really run the ball as a quarterback. And to see them be able to tee off on a guy that's a standstill quarterback, it it was cool to see. And, you know, you're going to get some really talented receiver in Zay Flowers, has a lot of speed. I think he ended up with 11 targets at the end of the game, and he only had – I got to check, what was it, 60 – he had 45 yards on 11 targets. You know, Florida State did a great job scheming against him. Just a really impressive game plan, and ho- hopefully they can carry that into a really high-powered offense at Wake Forest next week. And moving back over to the over to offense, uh, I think we got to give a shout out to a couple redshirt sophomore wide receivers today, and Darion Williamson and Kentron Pointer. Williamson five catches for a career high ninety eight yards in that first first half, and then Kentron was able to come away with a really impressive thirty plus yard touchdown catch at the end of that second quarter, where he went up and vertical over the Boston College defender to pull that one in for his first career touchdown. So some really big plays, not only by veterans tonight, but also some young guys who got in this program right when Mike Norvell was hired and have been working over the last couple of years. You know, in Williamson's case, he's dealt with some setbacks and Mike Norvell mentioned he had a car accident before fall practice started. So very impressive uh, performance for those two guys tonight. Who is y'all's uh, player uh, of the night, both offensively and defensively? I think offense is kind of clear there, but it's really a shot between Trey Benson and Jordan Travis, just the way that Travis had his career high with over 300 yards tonight. But what, what is y'all's? For me, it's got to be Jordan Travis just because, I mean, he was terrific tonight. Coming off that injury, goes 16 out of 26, career high. Um, only one touchdown, but still, he was able to put the offense in multiple situations where they were able to punch it into the end zone, build up that lead against Boston College, and again, it was the way that Travis escaped from the pocket whenever Boston College put pressure on him. There was one time where he took it off and made a a tremendous scramble and juked a couple defenders, but he was getting outside of that pocket and making plays downfield, avoiding defenders. It was the same Jordan Travis 
that we've seen all season. And despite having a brace on his left knee, you know, getting banged up against Louisville, he came out and looked really terrific tonight. They were they were able to get him out, um, you know, with what a quarter and a half or so remaining in this ball game. So Travis getting some ample rest ahead of a really big game against Wake Forest next Saturday for Florida State. I think for me on offense, I'd go Trey Benson. I mean, he was just running with a full head of steam all night. Um, I mean, just you don't have to talk about the kickoff return, but it seemed like every single play he was breaking two to three tackles, running someone over, popping a helmet off. I mean, just that kind of attitude, you love to see it. It brings me back to the Greg Jones days and this legendary line of running backs Florida State's had. It's it's fun to watch him run. It's fun to watch all these running backs run, really. Trayshawn Ward's just such such a great jump cutter. But, man, Benson just puts his head down and he'll smack somebody. And uh, it's fun to see. And he's got a fifth gear that not a lot of players have. I think that'd be my player for offense. Yeah, when he's in a rhythm like he was in tonight, I mean, man, he's fun to watch. And to your point on the Greg Jones hit, that was the first thing. Whenever he ran that defender over and then the other one lost his uh, helmet, that was the first thing I turned to Logan and said. I was like, wow, that looked like Florida State versus North Carolina right there. So, I mean, just – and even on the kickoff return for a touchdown, you go back and look at it. Benson broke about three or four arm tackles. Then he gets down, stiff arms a guy to finally get into the end zone. From the very opening kick, I mean, he was out there – Laying some punishment on defenders, and you know, to have a running back like that, along with Treshawn Ward and Lawrence Toafili, Florida State, they're going to be able to do so many different things with these guys throughout the season. And I think we're seeing Trey Benson get that confidence back from that injury he had a couple years ago at Oregon. Um, you know, he was running maybe a little bit hesitant um, against LSU, but then the last two weeks really bounced back against Louisville, and then this performance tonight. I mean, man, oh man, Trey Benson, Florida State star in the making. I look forward to seeing uh, when PFF puts out their grades and seeing how many missed tackles he forced tonight. It's got to be 10 to 12 easy, if not more than that. It just, again, every single run he was breaking two to three. Yeah, and crazy thing is coming into this game, I believe Benson had 27 carries on the season, and he had forced uh, 25 missed tackles, which was, I think, top three, top five in the country. So after yeah. tonight, yeah, I want to see where those numbers are at because Trey Benson – with the limited amount of carries that he's gotten due to how strong Florida State's backfield is at the moment, he's right there at the top of the country when it comes to force and missed tackles, which just shows how, how much of a heck of a runner he is. Yeah, I love how Magner Bell starting off was really fired up in the press conference just about how he's liking the development of this team. Like they're buying in and to see them work as hard at practice. He said on Tuesday that was the fastest, the most explosive, time speeds that they've had on their players when they're recording it that was the best practice practice they've had and so that helped me a lot with saying yeah this is going to be a nice cushion win for florida state and it translates onto the field we're lucky to be able to go see these practices throughout the week and mike Norvell is very nice allowing the media to have as much time as we can to be out there on the sidelines watch everything go through and you're like, yeah, these are not easy practices, and it should be easier on Saturdays whenever you're competing. And they came in and did what they needed to do, and I thought it was just ultra impressive to see things translate like that where you were dealing with a few guys going down and you had to have some guys step up. I thought Pat Payton, too, was had a significant pre- uh, presence <laughs> getting around, and we've talked about him a lot throughout the spring. He's, he's the one that's going to be fun to watch uh, throughout his career, uh, definitely next year, um, and you, hopefully – you go into the Wake Forest game, you might have Jared Verse back 
Uh, you get the rest when Travis, like you were saying, dust a little bit more until you go into that game. And that one seems to be, from what we saw tonight, that one has a potential to be a shootout inside Doe Campbell Stadium, which is going to be a 3.30 kickoff. Yeah, that one, that one looks like a potential shootout. You know, we saw how Wake Forest and Clemson competed earlier today on Saturday afternoon. So it would be huge if Florida State is somehow able to get Jared Verse, Fabian Lovett, Amari Gaynor, some of those guys on defense who have been out to return against the Demon Deacons. I mean, you know, we know what this team can do on offense, but we saw in the second half, well, in the fourth quarter against LSU and then for much of the first half against Louisville and some in the third quarter, that defense really struggled at times. So it's going to be important that they respond, you know, 4-0. They did a really good job tonight, but it's important they go back next week, put together a really strong week of practice before they go and play a really unique Wake Forest offense, you know, with a quarterback who's been there forever and Sam Hartman. I, I think today he got, he passed uh, 10,000 career passing yards, which only nine players have done that in the history of the ACC. So this guy is a weapon. Uh, Wake Forest, they've got a couple skill players on offense that can get it done as well. So this Florida State defense is going to need to be ready to go and Jordan Travis and that Florida State offense are going to have to put up some points next week. Probably another performance like this, getting 44 or so. Yeah, and, and a quarterback like Sam Harmon, he's seen everything. I think they said on ESPN today he threw five touchdowns against the Blitz. So he, he's expecting everything and knows how to counter everything. It's going to be a really unique challenge for Adam Fuller and this defense to figure out a way to contain him. And next week should be a lot of fun. It sucks it's not another night game. I would love to see another rock and doke under the lights and but you know 330 i get it i get it it just sucks yeah i'm expecting still with a 330 i would not be shocked by the time it is tuesday tuesday will be the last day until this whole entire stadium is already sold out for this wake forest game i think you're gonna see like like mike norrell said he absolutely loved the atmosphere tonight against a weaker opponent in boston college i mean we haven't seen this before a night game like this sell out First time since 2015, and you come in, and you know, Mike Norvell has got to be loving it for his first time getting a sellout like this. And I have a feeling it's not going to take too long for this stadium right here to sell out pretty quickly for what should be one of the most fun matchups in the ACC this upcoming weekend, this next weekend. Yeah, that, that's how you perform in front of a sold out crowd and convince them to come to a couple more games. And like you said, I don't think it's going to take very long for Doe Campbell Stadium to sell out once again. Florida State likely going to be ranked whenever the polls are released on Sunday. And Wake Forest, despite losing uh, close to Clemson, they'll probably stay in the top 25 as well. And Florida State, potential top 25 matchup in Tallahassee on Saturday afternoon next weekend to go to 3-0 and in the conference before Florida State travels to North Carolina State and then has a date with Clemson, you know, so – Schedule really starting to beef up, and I think Florida State is ready for it at 4-0, but it would certainly benefit the Seminoles if they're able to get a couple of these injured guys back in the lineup so they can contribute. I was kind of hoping we might get a, a college game day thing next week, but there's a lot of good games next week. You got NC, you got Clemson, NC State. You got Bama, Arkansas. There's another good game. I, I forget what it is, but there's there's four or five really good games next week, but still top a potential top 25 matchup for both teams in Tallahassee. It's been what? seven years since we've seen that it has to be through the Clemson games was the last time we saw it in Tallahassee um yeah we, we've come a long way and it's it's been a long long time uh since people have had a reason to be excited about Florida State football and you know not just 
next week against Wake Forest, but to sell it, I mean, it's a bad Boston College team. I, I think that really says a lot about how excited the fans are for this team and the season going forward. Yeah. And to me, just my last thoughts on this game overall, there were so many guys making plays all around. It was like a variety of guys. You got the running back room. You, you've got guys all over the place. Trey Sean Ward doing his thing. Obviously, Trey Benson being the highlight. Lawrence Twift really scores a touchdown. Then you go on the outside there to your wide receiver. Guys making plays left and right. And this was the first time I thought tonight where this offense really has found its footing. And you can rely on a lot of these targets that Jordan Travis is going to. Darren Williamson, who we haven't been able to see really fully healthy until it looks like tonight. And then Kentron Portier, where he flashes in the first game. A little slow here. And then here he goes. He pops off. You know, you don't need Johnny Wilson as much. But there's, you get Micah Pittman. You throw him in there and get him into the mix. Malik McLean, like it just – Starts starts adding up to where okay it, it seems like this tree is expanding into its branches. So it, it was a just overall at least offensively there. This offense is really expanding and, and utilizing their different targets as much as possible. And I got a shout out to Zaria Thomas for getting that tackle for loss and that reverse. I I don't think I've ever seen a reverse get tackled from behind. Azaria Thomas came flying through the backfield to get that tackle. That was that was one of the craziest tackles I've ever seen from a defensive back. And I, from a true freshman, nonetheless, super, super impressive play. I know you mentioned Pat Payton earlier. That bend he showed off the edge for what should have been a sack instead of just laying at the quarterback's feet. Um, he, he was impressive all night. It seemed like he was getting pressure after pressure. Um, so, some, some really nice flashes from some young guys. Yeah, and- this is, to me, a game where we got to give some more credit to Ron Dugans. We talked about him yesterday when it came to winning out for five-star wide receiver Hakeem Williams. But then you look at the plays that these guys who are already at Florida State are making. You know, we saw how tremendous Ontario Wilson and Johnny Wilson were for Florida State over the past couple of weeks. And then tonight, like I said earlier, Darren Williamson, Kentron Poiter, you mentioned Micah Pittman, uh, Johnny Wilson, Malik McClain a bunch of receivers making plays. And we thought the receivers would be better for Florida State when the 2022 season began. But I don't think that we realized that they would be at this caliber of play. And we're only a third of the way through the season. You know, so these young guys are only going to get even better and better over these next nine games or eight games as Florida State tries to qualify for the postseason for the first time since 2019. For Johnny Wilson, in four games, he has more yards at Florida State than he did in two seasons at Arizona State. I think that says something. Got you a damn quarterback, too. I was going to say, you got yourself a damn quarterback, that's for sure, in Tallahassee. He's going to get it to you. So, yeah, some of the throws tonight, I can't wait to go watch some of the film. But some of these throws that he was making, I mean, they were on time, on the route. That was that was pretty nice for Jordan Travis, your QB1, who didn't know if he'd be playing this weekend, comes in, looks good, used his legs, too, got out of a safety right here in this end zone scrambled out of that and I was like yeah I think he's good to go so overall you know Florida State when they go like this you're 4-0 it's easy to do instant reactions and keep on talking about because there's so many good things to go over and there's so many good storylines but for a dominating win like this Florida State taking down Boston College 44-14 to feels like the good old days a little bit for FSU fans I think it just feels feels good you're feeling like you're back in the good times so anything else gentlemen yeah, I just want to bring up uh, just the progress that Mike Norvell has made since he's since he arrived in Tallahassee. You know, two two and eight, I believe, three and eight 
over his first uh I'm messing it up. <laughs> I think it was three and ten over his first thirteen games and then nine and three over the last twelve, which puts Norvell only one game under five hundred now for his coaching career at Florida State, which is a far cry from where it started. So I think we're just seeing growth from this team uh, game by game. And like Norvell talked about, you know, he still doesn't think, and he says it after every game, he still doesn't think Florida State has played its best performance of 2022. And we'll see over these next three games uh, how much the Seminoles can put together because, you know, they're 4-0 now, but now you're going against three of the very best teams in the ACC. All three of these teams are in the Atlantic division. So depending on this stretch, it could very well decide who wins the um, Atlantic Division, and then maybe the conference as a whole. So three weeks from now, we're going to know a lot about the 2022 Florida State Seminoles. Well, Florida State takes down Boston College. They're going to go 2-0 and in the ACC. Florida State dominates Boston College inside Doe Campbell Stadium, 44-14, to a rowdy and great atmosphere here inside Doe Campbell Stadium. We'll be back here on Saturday at 3.30, giving full coverage to what should be a really fun afternoon for Florida State fans in the stands. So appreciate everybody listening. As always, this will be on the audio version later tonight, too, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. So if you're late, hopping on here. So appreciate everybody. Hope everybody has a great rest of y'all's weekend. Enjoy it. And we will talk to you guys on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern preview in Florida State versus And stay tuned. Stay tuned for recruiting reactions because after a win like this, it's going to be buzzing. Yeah, a lot of recruits in town for this one too. A lot of recruits. Some big ones. BJ Chester, four-star running back Michael Mitchell. A lot of of talent in the stands tonight for Florida State, not only in the 2023 class, but also in 2024 and 2025. Mm -hmm. A good night on the field and also on the trail. For the Mike Norbell and the Ford Seminoles. Everybody have a great rest of y'all's weekend. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Peace.